Welcome to the My Big Church Podcast. On this podcast, you will hear a message of hope and inspiration from one of our pastors. We hope you enjoy the message. This is the Big Church Podcast. Let me pray for you. I plead the blood of Jesus over this time of prayer. In the name of Jesus, I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. Lord, I pray that you would touch each person with your mighty power. I pray, Lord, that you would unlock their destiny and purpose this morning with your keys from your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would enable us with your mighty power to love you and to serve you and adore you all the days of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm reading from Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 22. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that ye are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Standing in the Florida sun for 10 straight hours, on a blacktop, getting fried like a crispy critter, (laughs) uh, waiting to hopefully get a seat in the main sanctuary as thousands of people gathered all over the parking lot from all over the world because God was doing something. And um, as I stood in line, I was talking to a guy from England. I said, why are you here? He said, God's moving and I want to get in. He said, besides, I want to hear Jesus's voice. Now, I was a pastor and I was in my early 40s, but I said, what's that? He said, you know, hearing Jesus's voice. John 10, my my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
I'm thinking, what's that? And um, I just didn't know what it was. So I was intrigued. We got into the worship service, and the holiness of God's presence was pretty overwhelming, uh, incredible. And um, the evangelist was preaching, and he shared this story. He said, I was preaching at another time, and he said, I was right in the middle of my message, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, um, stop, there's a man, you can't wait to the end of the worship service to give your life to the Lord, you know it's you, come forward right now. Well, this guy gets up and runs to the front of the room. And so after the service, he went over to the guy and he said, just what just happened? He said, well, I was out there and I had just prayed, God, if you're real, stop this guy in the middle of his message and call me out. <laughs> and as soon as I prayed that, you stopped. And you said, the Lord's speaking to me and telling me there's a guy you can't wait to the end of the worship service to give your life to the Lord. You know it's you. Come forward. When I heard that story, it's like this, these bells and whistles went off on the inside. And I was like, I have to know God like that. I, I have to hear his voice. I don't know what this is, but I have to have it. I just, I have to have it. Well, during that season, so much began to change about my life. And, and I ran to my Bible to read about this hearing his voice thing. And I, and I came to this passage. And this passage really, really spoke to me. The, the Bible, it's meant to be so much more than just an intellectual activity. It's meant to help us live our life. It's to speak to our life, speak to our heart, speak to our mind, get us to, to live the way the Lord wants us to live. And, and so as I began to read this, I went, oh my, this is kind of me. I'm pretty lukewarm. Yeah, that would be me, all right. I remember talking to two pastors and I said to them, I'm not the person I could have been. And then I began to sob. And it was like the Lord was showing me, this is who I've called you to be. This is what I've called you to do. But you're living way down here. So I was like distraught. And uh, then I had a guy during that season that prayed for me. And he said, all your life you've been doing your ministry. Now get out of the way and watch Jesus do his ministry through you. And I heard that, and I was like, that's true. I have been doing my ministry. This is not good. This is not good. Um, Jesus, Jesus says that you, uh, you're rich. You think you've acquired wealth, and you don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And then he says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a uh, warning, warning. Um, have you ever had somebody out of their great love for you warn you, hey, dude, you're headed toward destruction. You got, you got, to, you got to change, man. 
You're, you're destroying yourself. You're destroying everything around you. If you've ever had somebody talk to you like that, you can know. And it depends on who, who's talking to you. Uh, I'll never forget my cousin. I was talking to my cousin on the phone, and he was just talking about how he's during Mardi Gras, and he, he'd been wild, and some guy tried to witness to him about Jesus, and he cursed him out and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then he stops, and he says, Tim, what would happen to me if I died? And I took a deep breath, and I said, you'd go straight to hell. It got real quiet on the phone. And, uh, and I love this guy. He's my cousin. But I, I was giving him a warning. Not because I hated him, because I loved him. And Jesus has given this group of believers a warning. I'll never forget, I was at Florida State in the middle of campus, and there was this outdoor preacher that was preaching. And uh, it was actually really good. I'd heard some people out there were awful. So um, be careful what you criticize, uh, because the Lord had me go out and do that, because <laughs> I said it was awful. Okay, you think it's awful? Go out there and do it the right way then. <laughs> Hello, my goodness. <laughs> so anyway, this guy's out there preaching, and it's really good. And this guy's walking by, and he's kind of larger than life, you know, and he flips him off. He's, like, really proud of himself. And this guy, the guy was, you know, I don't know, maybe in his mid-30s that was preaching, and he goes, Sir, is that what you're going to say to God on Judgment Day? Oh, it shook the earth. I was like, whoa, I felt that. It was like it shook the earth. And then the Lord spoke to my heart, follow this guy. So I followed him. He went around the corner and he sat on a bench. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm Pastor Tim and I have a campus ministry. And it's right over in that building right over there. And he was like, oh, man, hey, how are you doing? Real friendly, super friendly. And I said, uh, listen, man, I saw you out there. And uh, I, my dad was a pastor, but I have to tell you that what you did that's the way that I used to feel. Oh, my gosh, this guy almost lost it. it the tears, he just, just could barely keep it together. And I didn't know if his dad was a pastor. I didn't know what was going on with him. But I knew it, it had got him. Well, the guy had said that to him, not to be mean, but out of his great love for him. So Jesus is speaking this deep word of correction, but it's out of his love for us. And, it, and, it, and, that's, and I needed to hear that word of correction. I did. I, I, and one of the things that I, I used to love to say call to college students, I went every couple of years and let them cycle through and say it again, you know. <laughs> and um, campus ministry changes completely about every two or three years. So I, this is one of my favorite things to say. I look out and I go, wow, you guys are like so good looking. Go look around the room. Look around. Let's be for real. Really good looking. And talented. Oh, my goodness. You're so talented. You know, creative. Amazing. Oh, let's be real. Most of you are way smarter than I am. Then I would pause and then I'd say, I feel really sorry for you. And then they'd laugh. And I'd say, Oh, no, no, seriously. I feel really sorry for you. 
So now they're like, okay, I've, now I've got their attention. You know, they're really, they're leaning in like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then I said, oh, why am I saying that? Well, here's the problem. You're going to be tempted to think you can get by in life with your good looks, your ability, your talent, your creativity, and your smarts, and it's going to hide from you how desperately you need God. Well, that's what Jesus was saying to this group of believers. That's what he was saying to them. Hey, you think that you've got all this going on, and and, you, and it's hiding from you the desperate place that you really are because you're trying to do your ministry out of your strength rather than doing my ministry out of my strength. That's what he was saying. And that's the message. And that's what he was saying to me. So I went through a season. I'm not talking about one time. I'm talking about a season of repentance. I repented for everything I could think of. And then I went and did it again. I mean, I was just going through this incredible repentance because I was no longer looking at life and being uh, thinking, well, if my situation were different than my life, it'd be different. I was actually looking at my life and saying, you know, the problem is not my situation. The problem's me. My situation doesn't need to change. I need to change. And so that's what began to happen is I began to realize that I needed, God, I needed the Lord. I needed His help. And so this deep repentance began to take place in my life. And then all of a sudden, there was this hunger to hear the voice of God that was kicking in. Well, God had set me up five years earlier. He completely set me up, and I didn't realize what was going on. This is what happened. This was back when snail mail was like the big thing. And um, so whenever someone would visit, we would send them a letter, and I would write this letter, and I would say, "You, uh, hey, uh, thanks for visiting, and if you, if you can drop by my office sometime, I'd love to to meet with you and talk to you. Nobody ever responded to my letter, ever, ever. So no big deal. It's part of the hospitality. So, so it was really weird one day when I got a phone call. Pastor, this is Alfonso. I got your letter. I'd like to come and talk to you. And I remember going, ooh, that's really weird. And so, I, I mean, I was apprehensive. I, didn't, I really didn't know why I was apprehensive. But he, he walks in, introduces himself, and then he tells me this story and I have never been as completely freaked out by a story that, as, than I was that day. I was speechless. I didn't know what to do with what he said. I believed him. It shook me to the ground floor. And it made me excited all at the same time. This is what he told me. He said he was in his college dorm room and he was praying to God about things he had never told another person. The first thing he prayed was, God, I just wish I knew for sure that you're real. The second thing he prayed was, God, I don't know what I'm going to do about my mother. She says that I'm in a cult group because I'm in a Bible study. The third thing was, Lord, I don't uh, know how I'm going to stay in school. My dad says he can't help anymore, and I have no idea how I'm going to stay in school. And then the last thing, he said, I, I thought I was going to marry whatever the girl's name was. I thought I was going to marry her. And he said, he heard a knock on the door, 
and he gets up off the floor, and he goes to the door, and he opens the door, and there's Corey. Well, that got my attention because Corey was in our ministry, and he was on fire for the Lord. I mean, he was, like, different and uh, in a good way. And so he, uh, he was standing there, and he was weeping, tears just streaming down his face. And he said, Al, I was in my room, and I was praying for you. And the Lord told me to come and tell you some things. The first thing the Lord told me to tell you is that he's real. You don't ever have to worry about that again. The second thing the Lord told me to tell you is don't worry about your mother. The Lord said he's going to take care of that for you. The third thing the Lord told me to tell you is don't worry about how you're going to stay in school. The Lord says he's going to provide a way for you to stay in school. And the last thing the Lord told me to tell you is that relationship was not from him. Let it go. Then he talked, he walked out of the room, and Al just said he just dropped down to his knees. And he cried out to God, and he said, Oh, God, I could never be like Corey, and I could never be like Christina. Those were his Bible study leaders. And then he heard another knock on the door. He gets up off the floor, he comes to the door, opens the door, and there's Corey. Corey is still weeping, and he said, Al, I got as far as the elevator. The Lord told me to come back and tell you that you don't have to be like me and you don't have to be like Christina. He said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Go ye therefore into the harvest. Now, the reason I even remember the story is because a couple of months later, I said, Al, sit down and tell me that story again. And he told me the story and says, oh, it's interesting that you should ask me. He said, my mother called me and said she's in a Bible study and apologized. I got a scholarship I didn't anticipate. I'm going to be able to stay in school. So, I mean, is that crazy? And I remembered that story was like, I used to tell that everywhere because I just, this is God. But never once did it ever occur to me that God could do something like that in my life. Never once did it, not even remotely, because I lived with me and I wasn't impressed. And I figured this must be for special people. That certainly wouldn't be me. Well, maybe that's the way you think. This whole hearing from God thing, maybe this is like, so if you're looking, hey, like, dude, he's old. Of course he hears from God, you know? You know, whatever you're thinking. You know, he's got a mustache. God honors mustaches, you know, whatever, whatever. But if, <laughs> if, if you only knew how ridiculous that is to me, because I'm like, I'm like, I've, if, I'm like, dude, if the Lord can speak to me, he can surely speak to you. I prayed for a friend of mine on the phone one time, this pastor. I'm praying for him. And I finished praying. He said, can I be honest? I said, sure. And he said, I never thought I would ever have a spiritual experience like what just happened when you prayed for me, especially coming from, from somebody like you. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, I know what you mean, dude. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> he says, he's, he said, and then he says, if I moved into what you've moved into, my church would run me out on a rail. He said, and I feel like a kept person. I said, I'm not a kept person. He said, I know you're not. I know you're not. 
And I share that to say to you, do you, are you desperate to go deeper with Jesus? I'm telling you, if I could describe to you the joy of hearing the voice of God, it's, it's crazy the things that happen. Um, I didn't share this in the first service, but I'll share this because it's just it's funny to me. Um, I was driving around the country and praying on campuses for revival. And I, I've, you know, I, I prayed on a lot of campuses. Started in 2016. And anyway, I was going through northern Iowa, and I needed gas. And there's this, these pumps with gravel on either side, and there's no gas station. Just random pumps in the middle of nowhere. So I pull up. There's no, there's no building. There's nothing. There's no restrooms. There's nothing. And I look at the pump, and I took out my card and stuck it in, and it worked. I was like, okay, well, this must be an Iowa thing. I don't know. So I'm, you know, I'm gassing up my car, and then this guy pulls up. It's like a tr- he had a he had a. Those of you that own real trucks, I mean, that's impressive. He pulled up and it was like, I mean, the sound is reverberating through me. He's pulling up and he's pulling this giant cattle truck with no cattle in it. And then he unfolds out of the truck and I go, whoa. He's like 6'3", 6'4", bronzed, cowboy hat, cowboy boots, sunglasses. I was like, oh, man, now that's a real man right there. That's a real man. And I finished pumping my gas, and I'm getting in my car, and I'm really going like, I'm just going to take my little non-man self out of here. I'm just going to get out of here. Oh, my gosh, I bow to you, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm getting ready to drive away, and then I went, you're ridiculous. And I hop up out of my car, and I walk straight over to him, and I said, excuse me, man. I'm Pastor Tim, and I'm passing through the area. And uh, I just like to encourage people by praying for him. Can I pray for you? And he just looks at me and then he goes, go ahead. <laughs> I was like so impressed. Like a two-word sentence in command form. <laughs> go ahead. You know, I teach, sorry. And so he says that and I'm, so I start praying for him and I'm watching him. So I always, always pray with my eyes open in public because you get to see Jesus light people up. It's awesome. So anyway, I'm praying for him about three-quarters of the way through the prayer. I get one of these. Just slightly tilts his head. I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit got him. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. So I finish praying. He doesn't say anything to me. I don't say anything to him, and I just stick my hand out. We shake hands. I turn around and walk off, you know, got my car, drove away. I was like, yes. (laughs) I could have never in a million years imagined that the Lord would speak to somebody like me. I could never have imagined in a million years me offering to pray for someone like that. Never in a million years. And the fact that I get to do all of this now is crazy to me. 
And I share that with you to say, don't think that God can't use you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. But there's like some things that need to happen, like repentance. That's for real. It needs to happen. You need to get to the place of desperation where you're no longer at this place. They think, hey, I got life. I got it figured out. I don't need any help. Don't need God. I'll call you if I need you. You got you to gotta lay that down. You got to get to that place of blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, then they'll be filled. That's where you got to get to. You got to get to that place where you desperately need the Lord. And then that's when all the good stuff. He's got all this stuff he wants to pour out into our lives, but we don't ask. We don't ask. Well, he's here. I'm here. If he wants me, he can come. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, unless you're Apostle Paul you know, and knocks you down. He'll do that occasionally, but most of the time you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So that's where it's got to go down. It's got to go down. So I want to close with this story. I, I, I love this story. This is, this um, bishop from Cuba was speaking to a large group in Florida, and um, he was telling about one of his pastors. One of his pastors was driving down the road and he saw a cow out in a pasture, and the Lord spoke to his heart and said, stop your car, get out of your car, and go preach to the cow. <laughs> and he went like, I, I, I really don't think that's God. I just don't think that's the Lord. And so he kept driving, and then he heard it again. He said, I said, get out of your car, climb the fence, and go preach to the cow. And he's like, well, it wasn't an audible voice, but that's pretty unmistakable. It was a voice on the inside. It's like he just like, I, I just feel so foolish. And he said he, he climbed the fence, and he's looking around to make sure nobody sees him. He walks right up to the cow, and he says, Cow, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Cow, you're a sinner, and you need to repent. And he said, Cal, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now he's starting to get into it. And, but God demonstrates his love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Cal, if you will confess with your heart and believe that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I mean, he's just preaching a hardcore salvation message to the cow. And then all of a sudden he stops and he's like, oh my. He looks around to make sure nobody sees him and he's like, I don't get this. Got in his car and drove away. A couple of months later, he's at this meeting and this guy goes, hey, I know you. You're the guy that preaches to cows. And he's like mortified. Oh my goodness. And then he hears the guy's story. He says, I was waiting there to steal that cow. And when I heard the message, I gave my life to Christ. So here's my question. Are you the kind of person 
that would preach to a cow. Now, don't everybody look at Kagan. We know he would. But seriously, I'll just flat out tell you, I would do that. I would seriously do that. I don't have to understand to do whatever the Lord's telling me to do. I can just, if he's telling me to do something, I don't have to understand anything. I mean, Abraham sure didn't understand, but he obeyed. And that's, that's where all the incredible things happen. But it, it comes from a place of surrender. Now, when I was going through that season, I came to the conclusion that what was wrong with me is that I was in charge. And so, I mean, I laugh about it. I'm, I, you know, it sounds funny, but I really genuinely did this. I said, you're incompetent to run my life. You're fired. I mean, I literally said that to myself, you know, <laughs> you're fired. I've got a friend in, uh, in uh, Seattle that uh, Korean Presbyterian, and he always says, preach the fire, fire yourself sermon. I really like that. And I, and I just, uh, yeah, I, I fired myself. I remember I was at a Methodist church and I was preaching this and about firing yourself. And, he's, and then I said, if you're ready to fire yourself, you're, you're tired of being in charge. You're ready for Jesus to take over. Come forward. And a lot of people came forward. And I came back to a men's retreat shortly after that. And one of the guys said, I was one of the ones that came down to the altar to fire myself. And he said, I got to work the next day and I got fired. He said, now I'm now making half of what I was making before. And I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. So here's, here's the deal. Maybe you're realizing as you heard my story, like, wow, that's kind of my story. It's kind of where I'm at right now. I've been half-hearted. I'm lukewarm. And God, I've taken you for granted. And I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. And I'm living for myself rather than living for you. So, Lord, I, I want to humble myself before you today, and I want to come down and, and fire me. Everybody close your eyes if you would. God loves us and created us to go on adventures with him. But something went wrong. We decided to do what we wanted to do rather than what God wanted us to do. So God went to extreme lengths to win us back to Him. He sent His beloved Son, Jesus, to the earth, but we crucified Him. But then God raised Him from the dead to provide the way for us to come home to Him. So on behalf of Jesus, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes, Jesus is my King. Will you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Yes, Jesus is my Savior. Will you ask Jesus to be the leader of your life? Yes, Jesus is my Lord. If this is you, and you're ready just to say to the Lord this morning, Lord, I've been in charge, and I'm ready to fire me. 
and ask to come under your management. And Lord, I just want you to make a miracle of my life. I don't want to waste any more time. I, I've not the, been the person that I could have been. And I know that's me. If, that, if that's you, this is your breakthrough Sunday. But I have to tell you something. Whenever you repent, especially in something like this, in front of people, your pride will try to get in the way. But that pride is what needs to be broken up. I mean, that's where the freedom comes, is when you lay the pride down and say, Lord, I don't care what people think. I care what you think. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.